Conquer local. Come on, George. I'm happy to be here. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by George Lee. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this special episode, we're very pleased to welcome Vendasta CEO and co-founder, Mr. Brendan King. Conquerors, if you've been tuning in for a while, you might be familiar with our annual tradition. We bring Mr. King, the CEO of Vendasta, into the final episode every year of the Conquer Local podcast. Brendan will be bringing us his look into the crystal ball to see what's coming in the new year. And we'll also take a look at what might have happened in the last 12 months to get Brendan's take on where the Vendasta ecosystem and platform sits as we move into 2023. Brandon King, CEO of Vendasta, coming up next on the Cocker Local Podcast. Two hundred and fifty episodes of the Cocker Local Podcast. We just did video, so Brandon, your first time on video yeah. on one of these shows. It is our annual year in review with the CEO. My face is not made for video. My mom told me <laughs> I had a face made for radio. Long time ago. I'm um, exciting to have you on the show. We'll talk about some of your predictions that you made on last year's year-ending episode in a few moments. But I'd like to hear a couple of things from you on top trends. Okay. Well, it's great to be here. Um, <clears throat> let me tell you what there's many trends that are going to shape 2023. But the top 10 that come to mind are, one, AI machine learning will continue to drive automation and efficiency. Two, digital transformation will be even more important as businesses look to leverage technology to gain a competitive edge. Three, cloud computing will become more commonplace and widely accepted. Four, data will become the new currency as businesses look to leverage customer data to gain insights and make decisions. Five, cybersecurity will become a bigger priority as businesses look to protect their data from malicious actors. Six, omnichannel customer experience will be a key business, will be key as businesses look to provide a consistent experience across all channels. Seven, augmented reality and virtual reality become more prevalent as businesses look to create immersive experiences for their customers. Eight, blockchain will become more mainstream and more widely adopted. Nine, digital payments will become more popular as businesses look to offer customers more payment options. And 10, the sharing economy will continue to grow as businesses look to capitalize on the gig economy. Well, that's a great list, Brendan. Are there any other trends you think will be important in 2023? Well, yeah, absolutely. To stay ahead of the curve in 2023, businesses should focus on digital transformation, leveraging customer data, and leveraging new technologies to create a better customer experience. They should also focus on staying up to date with the latest trends and investing in new technologies as it becomes available. But look, all of that, every single word that we just did, was written by AI. So that's why I normally wouldn't talk that many times in a row with that many points. But all of that was written with AI. I didn't have time for this podcast, so I... <laughs> well, I was I shocked that you but came I wrote, with a I said, script and All research. I said was write a script for a podcast with Brendan King and George Leith from Vendasta talking about the top 10 trends for 2023. And all of that, every word was auto-generated. You went off script a little bit, George. But I had you stayed on script. script, it's pretty darn good. It's amazing. And so let's... Uh, 
back up a few weeks ago, you and I were at a conference and pretty much every presentation was about AI and the impact it was going to have on what's going on. So we've been hearing about AI for years. What's different now? Well, really, it's just the, the models have gotten to a point and, you know, where they're becoming useful. And so the content that's being created is an, an index to drive that. It's really about data. So one of the one of the predictions here is that data will become the new currency as businesses look to leverage technology. So that technology of AI has always been there. What's not what what it needs is the data underneath to train and understand how to you know how to react. And so it's really just hit the forefront. So you know it's in the news everywhere. But it's really a. a, a you know, this type of AI is a, is just a part of the automation trend we talked about last year. Mm -hmm. People need to automate responses, and this uh, AI is really taking it to the next level. I mean, look what was written on our behalf. Well, and it's amazing. I was using an AI assistant last year at this time called Writer, and it was nowhere near this good. So you can no. just see how fast. It, so let's talk about what you said last year. You've been doing these episodes for five years now. Yeah. We're going to get into some of the growth of Vendasta in a moment. But you did <laughs> highlight that automation's everywhere was going to be the trend in 2022. Yeah, you know, like like always with uh, Amera's law, right? Short uh, technologies often underestimated in the short term, uh, or sorry, overestimated in the short term and underestimated long term. So everyone's like, oh, automations, you know, it's going to change everything. And you don't really see that change right away. But over the longer period of time, it really starts to make a change. And so you can see with the evolution of some of these things like this, like this is GGP3 chat. It's amazing, right? And so we are going to see a stepped up increase this year in automations actually making people's lives easier and better. So that's exciting. Um, what future thoughts are you going to share with our listeners? You always come with your well, crystal ball and Brendan's, I got to tell you, you're usually right, by the way. What do you see happening in 2023 and beyond besides automations <laughs> being easier and, and really being a part of our day to day life? Well, if we come back down to earth, <laughs> you know, nobody predicted COVID. Right. I mean, it was a black swan event. And uh, really, when COVID happened, there was a lot of shifts and changes, especially in the technology industry where folks, you know, there was a, a, a massive increase in the use of technology for a bunch of things. And now that people are back to coming back to normal, we're seeing what I would say is a revision of the mean. Mm -hmm. So if you take almost every trend, you know, the massive decrease at the very start of COVID back into the massive uptick in technology and spend um, all through the you know, 2020 and into 2021. And then you, you know, now you've seen in 2022 that revision to the mean and everything's just, you know, along the same trajectory as it always was. Uh, but it, it so, so you have to take that in the context of, of what's happening. So it might get easy for people to say, oh, automation, you know, technology, these things are not, you know, they're going to slow down. They're not slowing down. They're just back to the mean and they're going to continue to grow. And there's there's many things that we're going to see. I saw some data this week from Gordon Burrell and Corey Elliott at Burrell and Associates that there has been this massive growth of small businesses in the last six months. So coming out of COVID in North America, the phenomenon we're seeing is lots of startups, new businesses that are starting. How, how is automation going to play into that with this whole growth of new businesses? And a lot of them have less than 10 employees. Yeah. Let me tell you what, what I, what I know, like, I don't know for sure, but I'll tell you what I do know for sure is that, you know, um, right now we're in a time with, with, with inflation, everyone sees the inflation and increasing interest rates. Um, that makes it harder on small businesses. There's no doubt about it. What even makes it harder yet again is supply chain disruption. So you might not be able to get everything you need. And then on top of that, there's the, you know, the, what people sometimes call the great resignation. There's a lot of folks who don't want to do some of the jobs that need to be done. So even with high inflation um, uh, and, and a looming recession, we still have, 
you know, jobless rates that are approaching, like the, the, the unemployment rate is very, very low. And the reason it's low is a lot of people have stepped outside of the workforce. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to understand, have they stepped outside of the workforce into some of these jobs like Uber, you know, where they're in the on-demand economy and we just don't know, but they're still working? Mm -hmm. Or have they stepped out and are doing their own thing, like starting their own business, mm -hmm. which, is, which is what I think has happened a lot. But those businesses in a tight labor market need to automate. And so like, this is what, what I'm saying is there's going to be automation and efficiency needed for these guys to survive. And you know that when, when, when someone's faced with that challenge, they'll find a way. And so that's why I say these small businesses will find a way. They'll find a way to operate without the labor that they've traditionally had. When I was doing the prep to get ready for the year end episode, probably the episode I do the most prep on, I'm just saying that. Yeah. Um, but I do remember four years ago when you talked about small businesses that have under five employees have more time than money. So they're more prepared to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, is, is that what we're going to see from this influx of people that have started new businesses where they're going to be plus the technology is there for them to be able to do it themselves? Right. And, the, and they're digital natives. Right. So, you know, in the past, the folks that own businesses, they had not grown up with technology in their pocket. And so uh, now we've got these folks that are starting businesses that are, you know, millennials that are younger, that are familiar with technology. They're doing things that most people in the industry set small businesses would never do. Mm -hmm. They're shooting their own Instagram reels. They're shooting their own TikToks. They're you're doing podcasts. They're able to, you know, to run, uh, run a cash register till. All of that said, though, when, when you are a small business and you're really you know, into your woodworkers say, you're only practicing your craft a third of the time. You're gonna, if it doesn't make sense, you're gonna pay somebody else to do it. And there's, and if things are complicated and getting more complicated, uh, you wanna make sure that it's done well. So small businesses that are successful are always going to find outside service providers, particularly in technology and services to do that work for them. One thing we should talk about moving into 2023, congratulations, 15 years for Vendasta. And uh, I had the privilege of celebrating my 10th anniversary this past year. So I, I got nostalgic and was thinking back to the moment you and I went for lunch and we were discussing what your vision was. And, you know, you talked about building a long lived tech company right here in the prairies. Yeah. And now I hear you still using that as as what your your goal is. But I hear this slogan of democratizing technology for local businesses. Is that is that where you're seeing things moving as, as far as Vendasta moves into the next 15 years? I think, you know, we've always had, I've always had a soft spot for small businesses because ever since, you know, I know, you know, my degrees in physics, right? And I, I worked at, you know, at a mining company, but um, for a short time, I, I always, I had a business while I was doing that. I've, I left that company to run my own small business. I've seen the struggles of small businesses. Um, and even though I'm a technology guy, I've no, I know how hard it is to implement and uh, use technology as a small business and how, how difficult it can be. So the goal has always been to make technology, and when I say democratize, to me that just means easy, accessible, and affordable. And that's what we're trying to do. So, you know, the big guys, they can afford to have that technology infrastructure if you're a large chain or a franchise or a big brand, but a little guy can't. And I think driving that technology down to them you know, is a good thing if you believe that the lifeblood of the world's economy are is local business, and we, we really do, and that's why we get up every day to help small businesses succeed. But it's also a lucrative thing. I mean, it's where the market is, so it's not mm -hmm. so it's not just that it's a you know our core purpose, which it is 
to, to help those local businesses succeed. But it's the right thing, not only the right thing to do, it's the right economic thing to do for Vendasta. When we met a year ago, there was a celebration. We even had a dual episode with Sandy Lore. The Matchcraft acquisition had occurred right around the time we were recording. And now here we are in 2022, and we're recording right around the time where you've done another acquisition, which is Yesware. And I'd like to understand how you see Yesware fitting into the Vendasta ecosystem. Yeah, so, um, you know, Yesware is a fantastic company that, uh, you know, we've used since I think 2016 is when Windasta, uh, our sales team started to use Yesware to as a sales enablement tool. And so um, <clears throat> as we've used that tool and as our platform has evolved, one of the main things that we want to do is be a CRM to connect those vendors of products and services with the small business and with the, the technology expert. And building that CRM is no easy task. And, you know, we've taken some of the best in class tools that are out there like Yesware, and it's going to help us to accelerate our technology roadmap, you know, a couple, three years and uh, let us move faster. And it's got a, there's a lot of subject matter expertise there, a lot of talent there. We couldn't be more excited to have Yesware uh, as part of Vendasta. So one of the challenges that uh, we've always had is what does Vendasta do? Um, and Vendasta does a lot. That's mm. why it's a challenge to explain that. Do you see that getting easier to explain as, as the company matures? You know, um, it's, it's difficult because we're a three-sided marketplace and those things don't generally exist. And what that means is, is products and services that vendors have um, and that they need to get to small businesses and they, they have a hard time to do that economically. And then you've got the small business who doesn't even know what technology to use. And then you've got these channel partner experts or trusted experts that actually help the small business. All three of those things have never worked before. What, what we are is the way that software and services get delivered to local businesses. We're that ecosystem. And that, that's not an easy thing to explain. From the point of view of any one participant, it's easy. For a vendor, it's uh, products and services. It's just massive distribution. For a channel partner, it's a platform to you know, to scale and grow and sell any product they need to. And for the small businesses, it's a way to buy all their technology from one trusted provider with one login and one password. So from each perspective, it's easy, but describe the ecosystem sometimes can be a little difficult. If we look back 12 months to today, how, how is your role evolving as the CEO now of a 750 person company as opposed to where yeah. we were a year ago? Well, it's different. You know, when I uh, when I think about what I can do, I can't contribute as an individual contributor. It actually has been a long time since I've been able to be an individual contributor. Really, there's only three things that I can do. One is I can provide the company with all the resources it needs to grow. So I can make sure we've got enough money. I can make sure we've got uh, all, all the all the resources. The second thing I can do is build the team. Now, I can't really do anything myself, but I can build a fantastic team who's been there, done that, and is much better than I am at any individual thing. So I build a great team. And then the last thing, and probably the most important thing, is to provide organizational clarity and alignment. That means that everybody knows where they fit in the org and exactly what they're doing. And everyone's clear on our purpose, on our vision and our mission, and can execute against that. One thing that I hear from folks, we just had a bunch of our uh, biggest customers and longest-standing customers here at headquarters for a period of three days. And you made a statement to those customers, and I'm going to call it out, and you'll know exactly where I'm going in a moment. And it is, we ship our org structure. And I've had those customers come back outside of that going, I need to pay more attention to the way that I've built the organization. Yeah. Why do you believe in that mantra so much? Conway's law? You know, it's just that, um, you know, the way that you organize dictates what you're optimizing for. 
So if you're optimizing for efficiency, you'll organize one way and then you're going to get a very efficient organization. If you're optimizing for customer service, you're going to organize around that and you're going to get a very customer centric organization. So the way that you organize uh, uh, and, the, and, and who, whose ideas you follow, the way that the processes work, the way that the org delivers whatever it delivers is definitely based on the org structure. And, and that's, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm a big believer in Conway's law. Um, most admired CEO in Canada. They're an award that you were given here recently. Plus, you had the Find a Way Award earlier this year. I just bring it up because I know that you don't like talking about no, it. But like uh, <laughs> congratulations on both those uh, those honors that you were given in this past year. It's well, good thank, to see well, you being you. recognized. And in both those cases, I uh, those aren't things you apply for. So you know, I take and and the you know folks have won them before. I'm in good company there. So. You know, some of these awards are pay to play and, uh, you know, we don't participate in those. But these were these were good awards and I, I'm very appreciative. And it's really uh, the team that's helped me to achieve them. Well, thanks for joining us for the annual year in review with Mr. Brendan King here on the Conquer Local podcast. Good. Thank you, George. It was interesting to hear Brendan talk about automation and some of the things that we continue to see growing that efficiency that organizations are looking for, using technology to augment the work that we're doing. And it was interesting to hear from a CEO of a growing company, the three things that Brendan can take care of, ensuring the organization has enough resources, ensuring that the team is in place, and then aligning the organization around the goals that we're trying to achieve. Always a pleasure having Brendan King, CEO and co-founder on the annual wrap-up edition of the Conquer Local podcast. If you like Brendan's episode of the Year in Review, continue the conversation and check out our past episodes, 451, 2021 Year in Review, or 400, New Year, New Season of the Conquer Local Podcast with Mr. Brendan King. My name is George Leith. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thanks for joining us this year and this past season on the Conquer Local Podcast. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Sullivan Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Sullivan Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, George Leaf, and Sullivan Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies.